Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. I'm going to start a new theme, a new series, a new focus um, for you, for us here in Atherston. And the, the subject of this theme is the, the attributes of God. Amen. What is God like? The, what is, what's his character like? What, what are the attributes of God? And especially, what do we, how do we see the attributes of God in Jesus? Okay? So the attributes of God in Christ. How, what do we see in Jesus that tells us about, about God? And um, I'm going to just kind of launch this or kick this off today. For those of you who don't know me, my name is David, and it's great to be with you. Um, I want to do everything from John's Gospel. So if you could turn to John's Gospel in your Bibles, it's the fourth Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the fourth book of the New Testament. And um, it's written by a man named John, actually. And John, when you read the, the, the different Gospels, John was one of Jesus' closest <coughs> friends. Je- Jesus had uh, 12 disciples, 12 apostles that he called, and they were uh, with him uh, throughout his ministry, these 12 were with him. But, but on certain occasions, and at the most intimate moments of his ministry, he often just takes three of the 12 to be with him, Okay. Anybody know? So it's a bit interactive. So, so does anybody know the three disciples that Jesus had those most intimate moments with? For example, the Mount of Transfiguration, he's got three with him. James, yeah. Peter, James, and John. So out of the 12, there were three of them. James and John were brothers, and Peter, who we, we all probably, most of us know about Peter, something about Peter. And mm-hmm. um, Peter, James, and John, on certain occasions, and I, I honestly can't remember how many there are now that we read about, but um, when he's up on the mountain being transfigured and changed and transformed in, in glory, Peter, James, and John are with him. Mm-hmm. Other occasions, he just goes with, into some of the healing situations. He takes Peter, James, and John with him. So of the 12 disciples, those three seem to have a particularly close relationship with Jesus. And of those three, John writes about himself and calls himself the disciple that Jesus loved. Now, I don't want to shatter Ovi's theology. He doesn't love John any more than he loves Ovi. And it's not because Ovi is the greatest Romanian that ever lived. has the most beautiful wife that ever existed. The most amazing kids. All of those things are true. But um, he loves everybody. But, but John <laughs> saw himself as very close to Jesus. There's one moment, uh, and I, again, I don't remember which gospel it is. Probably, I don't know. I won't, I won't speculate because I've not checked. But one of the gospel accounts, at least, describing the, the last supper that they had together, it says that John laid his head on Jesus' chest, on his breast. You kind of get this picture. These two were really close. At the end of, at the end of Jesus' life, his earthly life, when he was on the cross, he asks John to take care of his mother. He says, Mary, this is, your, this is um, your new son. John, my best friend, my close friend, one of the three, one of the twelve. This is your new mother. Kind of connects them. So I'm just saying all that because 
because John, who then writes this gospel, John's gospel, he knew Jesus really well. <clears throat> he was super close to him. Uh, he loved him. He, he adored him. He was his uh, close friend. But he also knew who Jesus really was. And that comes out clearly in what he writes. So I'm going to first of all read the first um, 18 no, not 18. I won't read all of those. I'll read some verses from John chapter 1. But before I do that, two things. I'm going to pray and say, Lord, would you please, um, by your wonderful Holy Spirit, would you bring the word to life for us this afternoon? Yeah. Uh, I believe, Lord, you want us to know your attributes, to know about you, to know your characteristics, to know... Your personality, your, your ways to know you better. And I pray that as I share this afternoon and as we talk together and as the church here in Atherstone over these next few weeks, we'll discover more of God in Christ and it'll help us draw closer to you. Amen. Amen. Okay, so just, um, just in little groups of two or three, if you could just turn around before I read this, and just share with one another, if you were to describe God, what kind of words would you use to describe God? What, what, what comes to your mind when, I, when we talk about God? What, what, what are the words that you use to describe your beliefs about God? Okay, just take a couple of minutes on that, and then, we're, then we're going to read this. Okay, let's let's hear some. Just shout out some of the words that you came up with. Your your pre, your current thoughts about God are He is what supernatural. supernatural. We'll go we'll go around the groups. Back group. Scary. Scary. Did you say caring or scary? Scary. Scary. Okay. Okay. It's powerful. He's righteous. Therefore, he's a little bit scary. Okay, <laughs> nice. This group, uh, Ashley? Um, almighty. Almighty. Father. Father. Yeah, give me a couple each. Group, um, Marie's group? <coughs> Shout them out. Don't need, don't. Loving. Loving. What was the other one? Healer. Healer. Loving. Healer. Here, guys. Sovereign. Sovereign. Gracious. Good. Laura. Friendly. Comforter. And the best, the best Romanian that ever lived. Adam. <laughs> Patient. Patient. Yes. Knows how to have a laugh. Yeah. Okay, good. So this is John. He was close to Jesus. Knew him really well. And this is what he says about him. John chapter 1. Uh, I'll pick out a few verses here. In the beginning was the Word. Notice, notice your Bible should have Word with a capital W. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it's describing a person. Mm -hmm. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Yeah. He was with God in the beginning. Spoiler alert, he's talking about Jesus. All things were created through him. And apart from him, nothing, uh, apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. 
Life was in him. And that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. Then he says, there was a man named John. He's actually talking about John the Baptist now, not, not the same John that wrote it. There was a man named John who was sent from God, and he came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light. John the Baptist wasn't the light. But he came to testify about the light, the true light, who gives light to everyone who was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, including those in this room who've received him, as Ovi prayed, he gave them the right to be children of God. Amen. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but born of God, the word became flesh and took up residence among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. I think I'll just pause it there. There's lots more we can read about that. So John, first of all, he describes this, this beginning there. He says that, uh, the Word was with God, the Word was God, Jesus was God. And, um, and then in verse 18, we'll just read this one, he says, No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son, the one who's at the Father's side. He has revealed Him. That's the whole basis of this series, that we've not seen God, but the one and only Son has revealed Him. Hmm. Jesus reveals God to us. We can know about God through Christ. Mm. We, can see, uh, we can see what God is like because of Christ. So a couple of other verses um, in John's Gospel that kind of make that same point. John 6, verse 46, where Jesus himself says... Um, Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He's talking about himself. He has seen the Father. He's, Jesus has seen his Father, of course. John 10, verse 30. Listen to this. The Father and I are one. Jesus says he and the Father are one. John 17 Verse 21, something very similar. Jesus is praying. Who's got a Bible with red letters in it? So some Bibles have all the words of Jesus in red letters. So there's loads of red letters at this part because this is, this is Jesus praying. These are his words. And he says, um, verse 21, May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be one in us so the world may believe that you sent me. Jesus is saying, Father, praying to his Father, he's saying, look, Father, we're one. I'm in you, you're in me. Earlier on he said, I and the Father are one. It, 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 it's a, it's a, an amazing thing called the Trinity, that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are three in one, one person. <coughs> and then, how about this is a great verse, John 14 Verses uh, 7 to 9. If you know me, this is Jesus' words again, if you know me, 
you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him, and you've seen him. Lord, said Philip, show us the Father, and that's enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been among you all this time without your knowing me, Philip? The one who's seen me has seen the Father. Mm. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, and the words I speak to you I do not speak on my own. The Father who, li- the Father who lives in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. A little bit complicated there, but Jesus is saying, Philip, one another, one of the twelve, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Mm-hmm. That's the whole basis of this series, mm-hmm. that we can know about God the Father because we see God in Christ. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So what I wanted to do um, is to say this, that first of all, God really wants us to know him, mm. even if at times he's a little bit scary. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's all the things we've said. It, it is right that sometimes we fear the Lord. We're not afraid of him. Mm. We're not afraid of him. But he's powerful. Mm-hmm. He is almighty. Mm. That should cause us to, to have a holy fear of God, yes. to respect him, mm-hmm. to honor him. He's not our buddy. Yeah. He's our Father, but he's, but, he, but he's to be honoured and revered and respected because he's Almighty God, he's sovereign. Yeah. Yes. And yes. he's come close in Jesus. There's so many <laughs> mysteries all kind of rolled into one. Yeah. And, and so what I want to do in this rest of this introduction is to say, in John's Gospel, um, John's Gospel is a bit different to the other three, Matthew, Mark and Luke. The other three um, sort of tell Jesus' story almost chronologically they, they kind of follow a timeline and John does that a little bit but he also he picks out seven miraculous things that happen and he calls them signs seven signs and I just thought one of the best ways we could think about who God is to look at what Jesus did, does in these seven signs and kind of talk about what that tells us about the father because I think there's some attributes of God that he really wants us in this room to hear and know mm. and believe yes. and embrace. Yes. This is our Father we're talking about. This is, this is our Father in heaven. Amen. Yeah. He's Jesus' Father. They won. Jesus didn't create him. He's not born of God in that sense. But, but he called him his Father. And, and he told us to pray, our Father in heaven. Mm. So this is our Father that we're discovering more about. And the seven signs... Okay, here's a great question. You were brilliant on the first question. So I'm going to give you the first (laughs) refusal on this question. Now, you can answer it or you can pass. (laughs) The question is, does anybody know the first sign in John's Gospel? The first sign, John John says, this is the first sign that Jesus did. Does anybody know? Well, do you, first of all, do you want to take it or pass it? The first sign... Yeah, if this is sh- this is this lady's on fire. Absolutely. Yeah, it's in John chapter two. It's right at the beginning. It is the wedding. Well done. Very good. It's the wedding when Jesus turns water into wine. Yeah. And um, and somewhere in there, it says um, 
This was the first sign. There we go. Verse in chapter 2, verse 11. Jesus performed this first sign in Cana of Galilee. And his disciples believed, he displayed his glory and his disciples believed in him. So some of you know the story. Well, perhaps you could tell us the story. Because you're on such good form today. What's, what's, the, what's the sort of roughly what happens in that story? Can you remember? Basically, they were left Yeah. These are Fantastic um, recall of the story. So absolutely, as she said, wedding, wine runs out, very embarrassing for the host. Almost like socially embarrassing to invite guests to your wedding and run out of wine. And so Mary says, says to the servant, do, she says, they've run out of wine. He's like, it's not my time. Then she says, do whatever he tells you. And he says, fill up these big stone, there's 18... 1,800 bottles of wine when you do the maths. Wow. Is that right? Have I got that right? There's loads of wine. Six, big, six, no, maybe I've got that slightly wrong. Anyway, there's loads. And as you say, it's the best quality wine. And it's like, why, why fancy waiting till the end when everybody's a bit, you know, had a bit too much to drink. And then bring out this really expensive wine. So, so what I wanted to say to you was, what does that tell us about God? <laughs> So seriously, think, imagine that scene, kind of trying to describe something. What does that sign tell us about the nature of Jesus? And if, if when we've seen Jesus, we've seen the Father, what's it telling us about the Father? Just no, 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 no um, suggestion is a bad one. Cool. I tell you one of the first, I'll, I'll kick us off. One of the first things I like is Jesus is at the wedding. Yeah. He's enjoying the party. He's celebrating. He's celebrating life. He's celebrating marriage. He's, he's really personal. Mm. He's, not, he's not, if I could say this, Manu, he's not at this point a scary God. He's, he's just right in the wedding, mm -hmm. enjoying it all. Yeah. While, while people are getting a bit drunk around him. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying for a woman that Jesus was getting drunk. I don't believe that. But that's the implication. There was some the people have been drinking a lot. And Jesus is, he's at the party. Mm. Yeah, he likes to have fun. What else might this story tell us? Mm. Sorry? He cares about that. He cares. Absolutely. I mean, it's such, 
Isn't it fascinating? This is the first miracle. It's not a healing. It's not a, it's not a resurrection. We're coming going on to those. It's turning water into wine. And some denominations wish he'd never done it. <laughs> but he did. This is the first sign. Yeah. Anything else? He cares about us. Great. Nicoletta? Mm-hmm. Yep. Alan said earlier when we were talking, yeah. he used the word creator, like a builder. And Absolutely. He, he, we'll come on to some other. He's got power over elements. Mm, yeah. He can turn water into something else. I mean, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a sign. It's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? He listens to us. He listens. Sorry, Manu. He provides for us. Again, we'll, we'll see it. one of the other signs. We'll see his provision. His, he wants to provide for us. He wants us to have what, what we need. Great wine. <laughs> yeah, he, he's present with us. He's sharing in our joys. He has power over all things. He's amongst us. And I love, um, I love in later on, John says, we touched him. He's like, well, is it? he's with us. And I just want everybody in this room to know he's not far from you. He's not distant. He's not observing life from a balcony somewhere. Mm. He's sitting around the tables yes. with us. Yes. Mm. The second sign, well, anybody wants to say what they think the second sign is? It's in John 4. And um, my Bible's actually got all the little subtitles. The second sign. This is John 4, verse 46. And um, it says, He went again to Cana, where he turned the water into wine. We just read about that. And there was a royal official, a nobleman, a highly respected member of, of society, a royal official, a nobleman, whose son was ill at Capernaum, that's in the place nearby. And when this man heard that Jesus had come, he went to him and he pleaded with him to come down and heal his son, for he was about to die. And Jesus told him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said, come down before my boy dies. Go, Jesus told him, your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus had said and he departed. When he was still going down, his slaves met him saying that that his boy was alive. And he asked them at what time he got better. Yesterday at seven in the morning, the fever left, they answered. And the father realized this was the exact time at which Jesus had told him, your son will live. Mm. And then he himself believed along with his whole household. It's the second sign. And um, anybody want to kind of, again, chuck out some thoughts? What does that sign tell us about Jesus? Authority. Glenn? Authority. Sorry, Manny. He has authority. Yeah. How about this? He just says something and a day's journey away, at the moment he says it, the fever leaves the boy. He has authority. His words carry life and power. Mm-hmm. And if he said something to you, it's powerful, it's authority. Mm. Yeah. Tells me he, he really cares for the rich, mm. for the noble. Oh. And we're going to come on to the next story where he really cares for the underdog as well. Mm. He cares for all people, rich, poor, noble, <laughs> ordinary, royal officials, any, any, any kind of work we might do, he cares for us. Mm. It also kind of tells me Um, It's never too late. It's never too late to come to him and and need something. 
So these are telling us all about Jesus. The next, the next sign is in John 5. You can go back and read all these. Uh, it's, it's the next story in the Gospel. And it's, um, uh, we won't read the whole story, but it describes a place, where, a place in Jerusalem called Bethesda, where there was a pool of water. And I can't explain this to you, but the Bible tells me this is true. Every time the, the water in this pool was stirred up, uh, the first person into the water got healed. Yeah, yeah. There's some, God is God is doing something at this pool of water, and there's one man who has been sick for 38 years, and every time the water is stirred and the angel comes down, he can never get there first. So he's been sick for 38 years, and Jesus says to him, uh, "Do you want to get well?" What a question. That's why I'm here. Do you want to get well? Yeah, that's why I'm here. But you know what? Um, that's quite a big question because sometimes we can so, be so used to being sick. Yeah. After 38 years, you're so used to being in a certain condition that it's a pretty valid question. Do you want to change? Do you want things to change for you? Do you want to give up the, you know, the disabled car badge? Do you want to lose some benefits that you currently get because you're sick? Do you want... Do you want people to stop asking how you are? Are you, are you willing to let go of it? Because, yes. because I want to make you well, but, but it will mean a change. Mm. I think Jesus is asking him something like that. Does it, yes. do, is this what you really want? Because everything will change if you do. Mm. Yes. And the man says yes, and he is instantly healed. What does the story tell us about God? It tells me he's for the poor. He's for the underdog. He, he knows how long we've been waiting. He sees, he knows, he's concerned. And, um, yeah, he wants to come in and change our lives. You hearing what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. Next miracle, next sign. Sign number four is in John 6. And this is one we've all heard of. It's the feeding of the 5,000. This is amazing. When you, when you read the story, if you've not read these stories... This is the homework, okay? Between now, between now and next week. Just read through these stories, because they're also fantastic. Um, so, you, you've performed excellently today. I'm going to hand over the responsibility to somebody else now to talk us through the feeding of the 5,000. <coughs> don't, don't tell John at once. <laughs> Who reckons they, they remember the story well to give us the nuts and bolts of the feeding of the 5,000? Shall I pick on somebody? Yeah. Oh, Mike Shooter. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're another. Okay. No, I'm going to pick on someone else. <laughs> um, so, feeding of 5,000, um, Jesus has been teaching for a long time. The disciples say, better send these people away because they're going to be hungry. And uh, Jesus says, uh, no, I think you should feed them. And uh, they panic. And don't think, well, we've not got enough money, and even if we have enough money, where are we going to get some bread? And one of the disciples comes to him and says, we found a boy who's got um, five loaves and two fish, and um, Jesus has uh, the disciples sit everybody down in groups, and he um, 
Uh, he takes the food and he blesses it and then he gives it to the disciples for them to feed uh, the 5,000 men and then women and children besides as well. And then at the end, all the disciples gather up the uh, leftovers and 12 baskets of leftovers and um, everybody is amazed and well fed. <laughs> There's more leftovers than this. There's way more leftovers than they started with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, just stand back from that story. What does that story tell you about Jesus? He cares about Ashley. Sorry, yeah. He wants us to be in Jesus' hands and feet. Yeah. He used the disciples in the, in the multiplication. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to think, where, where did the miracle take? Was it, what, did, it, did the miracle happen when Jesus gave it to them? Or did the miracle happen when they kept giving it out to the crowd? I think the latter. Actually, I think as they kept giving it to the crowd, it kept never running out. So he used the, he used the 12, including John, who writes about it. John was involved in this. He used them. Uh, you, you said over He cares a lot. He cares. He, he really cares. Absolutely. Yeah? He's abundant. He's abundant. That's a big message from this story, isn't it? It's like it wasn't just enough to go around. There was... There was Way more than was needed. Twelve baskets full of leftovers. He is always more than enough. And some of us need to hear that this afternoon. He is more than enough. He's not just adequate. He's not just sufficient. He's not just what we need. He's more than enough. He's got more than you need. He's got a storehouse full of treasure. And if he was to rip the curtains apart and show you everything he's got, we'd be overwhelmed. He's got more than enough. Okay, the fifth, the fifth in a series of seven miracles, miraculous signs, is also in John 6, straight after this story. Verse 16, walking on water. So he leaves this place. The disciples get into a boat and um, after they'd rowed about three or four miles into the sea, um, um, they saw Jesus walking on the water, as you do. And he was coming near the boat. This is separate to the story of Peter joining him on the water. But he said to them, it is I, don't be afraid. So scary God <coughs> says, don't be afraid. <laughs> Don't be, you would be scared, wouldn't you? Yeah. Jesus is walking on the water yeah. in the middle of the night, three or four miles out to, off the shoreline. I think I'd be pretty scared. And his first word is, don't be afraid. You find that over and over again with Jesus. In, in the moments where we might be overwhelmed, he says, don't be afraid. And again, I think some of us need to hear that today. You're facing something, and Jesus says, don't be afraid. An amazing story. I don't know how I'd sum it up really. He, again, I'd say he has power over nature. Mm. This, is not a, this is not a healing. It's a miracle. Mm. This is something that's naturally speaking impossible. And scientists have been work, trying to work out ever since whether there were some stepping stones under the water or um, had it frozen over, had the lake frozen over. No, he's just walking on the water. He created the water. He created everything that was created through him. He can, he, can, he, can, he can do what he wants with his creation. Yeah. Okay, the sixth, the sixth sign. 
is in John 9. So forward a couple of chapters. John 9, uh, the sixth sign, healing a man born blind. As he was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples questioned him, Rabbi or teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So they believed if he's been born that way, it must be because, because somebody sinned. It must be the result of sin. Was it him? Was it his parents? Uh, and Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sinned. This happened so that God's works might be displayed in him. We must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And he, made, and he said these things, after he said these things, he spit on the ground, made some mud from the saliva, and spread the mud on his eyes. And um, the man sees. It's a miracle. It's a sign. What does it tell us? What does that kind of miracle tell you? Yeah, there's something about his, his love and compassion in there and how they've misunderstood the situation. This is not because of sin. Some things are because of sin, but this wasn't. He's not trying to punish him. He's for him. Um, and, and I would say, it, it says nothing, it's never too late. Nothing's impossible. This man, been, like the man sick for 38 years, this man's been born blind and in a moment Jesus deals with it all. I'm rushing a little bit because, of, because you've been very patient. Because uh, you're like God, who's patient. Um, and the last of these signs is in John 11. And this sign is what? The raising of Lazarus from the dead. Uh, okay, uh, who's going to be brave enough to tell us the potted story of Lazarus being raised from the dead? Anybody, anybody know the story? Yeah, do you want to have a go? Okay, it's been a while. That's okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is this one where somebody comes to him and says that Lazarus has died? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're, it's a good start. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> you're on a roll. Right? Keep going, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> so Lazarus has died. Yeah. Who um, is, uh, does, Lan, does he know Lazarus? He does know Lazarus. Yeah. Um, he's. Uh, Mary Martha? Mary. Mary and Martha's brother. That's it. And they were like a family friend. That's right. Yeah. And, um, and Mary was upset because mm. Jesus hadn't saved Lazarus. Yeah. Yeah, she said, if, you, said if you, only you'd been here. Yeah, if you'd been here in time. Yeah. He waits like three more days, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he's, told Lazarus, he's told Lazarus, your, your friend Lazarus is yeah. dead. Yeah. And he waits a few more days. And it's almost as if to say, yes. Well, in my time, yeah. Yeah. Um, and when he does go, obviously the daughter is yeah. Yeah. But she, that teaches Mary to both be patient and believe yeah. in yeah. his word. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. What's your name? Angie. Angie, brilliant. Great job. Yeah, this is this is the last of the signs. Uh, it's very fitting, isn't it? Jesus has power over death. Yes. And he does everything in his time. Yeah. In, in our meeting in Stony Stanton this morning, somebody shared something that was really helpful. Just said, you know, God is working all the time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we see the answers to our prayers instantly. Other times, uh, it might take weeks. It might even take months, but it doesn't mean God's not working. 
He said, and, and some, somebody like Moses had to wait 40 years mm. for the answer to some of his prayers. Mm. And I just thought that's really helpful for us. Jesus does things in his time. And, mm. you know, in this room, we've got numerous things we're praying for, probably waiting for. But just to be sure, he's heard your prayer. Mm. He moves in his time. Yeah. He's, he's always on time. Yeah. He's never late. Yeah. And, and in this miracle, he has power over death. Yes. So I love that in these signs, we see attributes of, of God. We see them in Jesus. And, um, you know, we could add them all up now. We could say, well, we've, we've found out that he loves us. He cares for us. Mm. He provides for us. He's always more than enough. They're all, isn't God good? Yes, God is good. Yeah. God is awesome, but he's essentially for us. He loves us. He cares for us. And so the last thing I want to take you to is John's letter. So John writes that gospel. And then almost at the end of the New Testament is a letter called 1 John. Um, if you go to the last book, Revelation, and go back to a three, you'll find one John. And I'll end with this. In one John, the same John, this friend of Jesus, one of the closest three, the one Jesus loved, the one who laid his head on Jesus' chest. And this is really beautiful words that he uses. He says, What was from the beginning? What we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. He's talking about his friend Jesus again. That life was revealed and we've seen it and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. So he's talking about Jesus being revealed to us. Then he says, what we have seen and heard, we also declare to you. John, John wants us to know what he's seen, what he's heard, what it was like to be with Jesus, so that you may have fellowship along with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We're writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And I love the way that he basically says there, um, these things have been revealed to you so that you might have fellowship with him. And I just felt God wanted me to end this little session today by saying this. Every time we learn more about what he's like, every time he's revealed to us, every time he shows us more about himself, it's so we might have fellowship with him. It's so we might be like John, a friend, a close friend. It's so, that, it's so that you might get closer to him. And so I want you to think about how you, how you got to know your spouse. How you are knowing your kids. It's probably, it's probably because you spend some time together. It's probably because you talk to each other. It's probably because you, you make quality time for your friends. And... And that God wants us in this series, none of it is to be theory, academic, it's to be real and practical. And as, as you discover the attributes of God, as he's revealed to you, it might take you closer and closer and closer in a friendship and a relationship with him. Amen? Amen. So, Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you that 
Everything we need to know about you is revealed in Jesus. Yes. And I pray that as, as, as our wonderful church here in Atherstone grows over the coming weeks, as we discover more about you, we will draw closer to you. I pray that because of what we've read today, we might know you more as the one who cares, the one who's for us, the one who provides for all our needs, the one who's more than enough, the one who's patient, the one who's to be revered and honoured, the one who heals, the one who raises the dead, the one whose words have authority. All the things we read about, Lord, all the things we discussed together, your love, your kindness, the fact that you want, you like to celebrate with us and, and enjoy family, all those things. You love marriage, you love weddings, and all the things we read and saw and thought about, I pray that those things would enable us to come close to you, to know you better, to love you more and more. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.